get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. I'm going to toss it in the laundry bin. Not even on purpose, the jersey kind of hit and kind of fell down to the ground, and Bobby walked over calmly and picked up the jersey and put it in the bucket and then walked over to this player, and he says, uh, you don't ever throw a St. Louis Blues jersey on the floor, not even by accident. And he goes, if you do, you pick it up, you wipe it off, and you put it in there. That's Jamie Rivers, who you'll hear on the fast lane talking about the late, great Bobby Plager, who passed away a couple of days ago at the age of 78 as we continue his life and legacy here on 101 ESPN. It's BK and Ferrario, and we are pleased now to head back out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to welcome in a former Blues captain, a St. Louis Blues legend, Red Berenson. Red, thank you so much for taking some time and hopping on with us this afternoon. Uh, very grateful to be able to talk with you about your your good friend and former teammate Bobby Plager. You heard that cut there talking about uh, making sure the crest of that blue note never hits the floor. And that was a mantra that I guess was started with you guys in that locker room back in 1967. Well, I think it started with uh, with the former Montreal players that were in St. Louis and at the time, and whether it was Jean-Guy Talbot or Jimmy Roberts or, or myself, and then uh, Dickie Moore and uh, Ab McDonald, and we had a, a long list of former Montreal players. That, uh, they had that tradition, and it carried on in St. Louis, and, and it was good. You know, it was, it was a good thing for our team, good for young players to realize that there's a lot of discipline and respect uh, involved in uh, playing for a certain team, and uh, we had that in St. Louis. Red, we've talked to a number of your former teammates that were on those original blue squads uh, over the course of the last couple of days, and one thing that's really stood out to me, and I know some of our listeners as well, is is how close it seemed like all of you guys were. It almost feels like that was a family that you guys were a part of. Can, can you give us a little bit of insight into what that group was like to be a part of and what kind of a role Bobby Plager played in, in maintaining those relationships, not just then, but over the years? Well, you know, when you put a team together, like uh, an expansion team like St. Louis was, uh, you're bringing guys in from from several organizations. So there weren't a lot of good friends that when, uh, you know, I know I, mean, I, got there, I played with Jimmy Roberts in Montreal and, and uh, but I'd never played with Terry Crisp or Gary Sabern or Ron Schock and 
and uh, and neither of the Plaguers, although we were in the same organization in New York, but I never played with them. And uh, I'd never played with Al Arbor and, and so on. I played with Talbot, but we were all in that same boat, and we had to kind of come together. I I, I think uh, Bob Plager was uh, one of the glue people because he, right away, he showed everybody that he was a team player, and yet he lightened up the group. Uh, he was a prankster and a jokester, as you know. He loved to tell stories and loved to tell jokes and. Uh, and he got everyone's attention in a good way. And then the way he played, he was ferocious on the ice, physically uh, intimidating. He had uh, uh, such a skill for, for body checking and particularly hip checking. But more than that, diving in front of loose pucks to block shots, uh, uh, to save a game or save a goal, uh, to protect a teammate, sticking up for teammates. Uh, he was terrific. So he just added... The, to the culture of the team and in a good way, in a fun way, uh, away from the rink and in a, in a meaningful way when we were on the ice. And so he was, he was popular on our team. And of course uh, we became a good team. I think we had a great coach, obviously everyone knows that Scotty Bowman and he knew how to push all the buttons to get this team to play. And I think he was part of the reason that we were such a close team as well. Red, you mentioned the the pranks from Bobby Plager, and I think we have heard so many of them from so many different people. But it sure as heck felt like being in that locker room felt like you were a uh, you were a group of guys in, in college or something like that. Where honestly, you always had to have your eyes in the back of your head because you never knew what Bobby was going to do. Yeah, that's right. And and you know, there was a few guys right behind him too, like Talbot, and uh, they loved to. Uh, they just loved to play jokes on each other. And really, it was to take the pressure off so we could relax and really play the game we all loved to play. And so there was it was kind of a, uh, there was a purpose to it all. And we had this uh, powder bag that we used to put powder, white powder, kind of a baby powder on our sticks so our tape wasn't so sticky. And uh, they'd start throwing that around in the locker room. And, and whether you had your, your, your hockey equipment on or you had your dress suit on and that powder made a mess. And so that was, that was another one of Bob's favorites and, and so on. And it just went on and on, but you're right. I mean, the team was close. They cared about each other and then they won. They found a way to win and things weren't as smooth right off the get go. But uh, once we got going and, and everyone realized they were important, they had a role on the team and uh, they played for each other. And then the fans, you know, you can't say enough about the St. Louis Blues fans. They just about adopted that team, and they made the players feel comfortable. They made them feel appreciated, and so on. And we just, and then the owners, the Solomons, were terrific. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I mean, they were like uh, parents to us, and our grandparents, if you would. And so it was just, it was kind of a love affair from uh, that first year of the Blues when they got going. And Bob Plager, he got to enjoy it for 54 years. You think about that as a player, as an assistant coach, as a head coach for a while, coaching in the minors, as a scout, and as an ambassador. And how many players in any sport organization have been with the organization for 54 years? None that I know of. 
It's incredible. It, it really is remarkable that he's been around so long and he's seen so many things within this organization. We're talking to Red Berenson here on 101 ESPN. And Red, I did want to ask you because th- those Blues teams early on that you were a part of were so good and you got so close. And for 50 plus years, it was always Bobby Plager saying, I, I just want to get that cup. I just want to see what this town will look like if it gets a cup and what that parade's going to look like going down Market Street. And finally, a couple of years ago now, he was able to get that cup. Uh, what, it, what did it mean for you to be able to see your friend Bobby Plager finally get the thing that he had waited his entire life to get? Well, and Bob wasn't the only one. I mean, a few of us had, had won Stanley Cups with different organizations, but we all had left a part of our heart in St. Louis, and uh, and we all felt that or wished that we would have won a cup or did a little better than we did. And as the years piled up and and people could still say, well, St. Louis has never won a Stanley Cup, it was, it was starting to grate on a lot of people. And we were all so proud, and, uh, and it was great that Bob was there for the celebration and all the games, but we were watching, and wherever we were, uh, I know I watched every game, and, and I, I was so pleased for uh, for the goalie that when they put him in, and then the players that started to play, and and Ryan O'Reilly, his leadership role, and and on and on, all the players, the coach, everyone did it. It seemed like they just came together, and uh, and and what a what a great experience, and and to watch the celebration in St. Louis down by the arch. That was unforgettable, and, and just it was one thing after another. And for Bob to be accepted the way he was, he wasn't just an old player; mm-hmm. he was he still felt like he was part of the team, and he knew all the current players on the team, and obviously he knew all the alumni on the team. But he'd been he'd been living and dying with that team for all those years, in in being, you know, at the games and being firsthand, sitting up there watching, critiquing, wondering, hoping. Uh, when it was going to happen and when it happened he got to enjoy it it was great it was great red one more question for you a legendary playing career and also a legendary coaching career in the nhl you wanted jack adams as a coach for the blues but then also your entire time at the university of michigan i'm curious how much of your coaching how much of bobby plager did you take into your coaching career well i took i took a little bit of a lot of people uh uh, from that Blues team, and you think about it, uh, Glenn Hall and Jock Pond in goal, and uh, and and you know even some of the lessons we learned from them. Uh, Al Arbor on defense, uh, the way he played hockey was different than the way Bob played or Barkley played, uh, but the importance of players like Bob Plager and, and Barkley Plager to our team, whether it was the physical toughness, whether it was just the, the competitiveness of Barkley and, and Bob was over the top and uh, when the game started and so on. So I think I, I learned how, to, and, and Scotty Bowman as a coach, how he used players and how he found roles for them and how he put emphasis on certain parts of the game that, that can help you win. It might not be in the best interest of all the players, but then once they win and they realize this is how you win. Uh, so I think I learned a lot more than I than I did when I actually left there but once I got behind the bench uh, whether it was in St. Louis and then at Michigan I learned to appreciate you know how different players can impact the team and and obviously Bob Plager was one of those players. 
Red, my favorite part of the last couple of days is is being able to talk with people like you and just hearing the stories of the memories that people had with Bobby Plager, whether it be a prank that he played on them, a joke that he told them, or if it was on the ice, off the ice. We've heard about some of the parties uh, that Bob Plager was a part of. Is there any other memory, a story that you would like to share with the fans here in St. Louis of something that comes to mind for you when you think of the name Bob Plager? What, what is it that, that comes to mind for you? Well, when I got to be, uh, when I had to take over for Barkley, when Barkley got sick and I was the assistant coach and, and Bob was kind of scouting, but uh, when I had to take over as head coach and Emil Francis let me uh, utilized Bob Plager as our our pre-scout coach. So he would go into rinks and, and the, of teams that we were going to play in uh, the next game, and uh, he would scout them. And then he would call me with uh, his scouting report. And if you remember, our goalie was Mike Leute, and we had we had a young Bernie Federko and Brian Sutter and Babbage and Chapman and Tony Curry and all these young kids. And so uh, one night I remember Bob went into Washington and Washington had Gartner and they had a real high powered team uh, going and we were trying to beat those teams. And, uh, and so I would ask Bob, well, what were the lines? Who was playing with who? And what was their power play like? And, and who was on defense? And what was their penalty killing like? And what were their strengths? And what were their weaknesses? And uh, so I had this long list of questions and Bob would finally take red. He said, just, Never mind all that. Just play a Leute. And it was uh, just, just about fell off my chair. But it was <laughs> it was it was right. If we played Leute, uh, we had a chance to beat anybody. And that was uh, and that was Bob's input. And I'll, let me say one more thing about Bob Plager. As much as he had a reputation for all the things that everyone's talked about, he was a knowledgeable sports uh, or not sports, but hockey. Uh, teacher, he could have been a, a, a good coach if he wanted to. Uh, he just he just loved the game, and he listened to all the veteran players. And uh, I know he got a lot out of playing with Doug Harvey and Dickie Moore and and Al Arbor and so on. And he he was smart, even in today's game. You know, you could like you could make a laundry list of things that you want from your defenseman today, and Bob Plager would would live up to most of those things. He might not have the speed the players have now, but as far as being hard to play against, being a guy that'll pay the price to win, he'll block shots, he'll defend his teammates, he'll be he'll be a, a great guy in the locker room, and he'll show up every night and on and on. All the things he did back in that day uh, are things that uh, you're looking for now. But he was a uh, he knew more about the game than uh, than people realize unless you played with him. So I really enjoyed my time playing with Bob and, and Bark, even though I didn't know them before uh, we were ever uh, teammates. So it's uh, here we are 50-some years later, and we're talking about them. Couldn't agree more with that one, Red. I can't thank you enough, sir, for coming on with us today. It's great to hear the memories, and I know it's been a tough last couple of days uh, for everyone who knew Bobby Plager, uh, whether it was for from a playing career or just getting to meet him at a restaurant here in St. Louis. So thank you so much for coming on with us today and sharing those memories. Best to you and the family, and we look forward to talking with you again soon. Good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you called.